Hello, hello, Physician Heal Yourself family. How are you today, this fine Saturday morning? Yes, no, actually, it's noon. Um, this is the first time I've done a masterclass at this time of the day, so I'm just gonna see what's happening. If you're watching this on replay, you can type in hashtag replay if you're watching in the Facebook group. If you're watching it in, on some other platform through a replay or you're listening to it, this is a Facebook Live um, that was done specifically for my group, Physician Heal Yourself group on Facebook. It was done as a live stream, as being done as a live stream. So please, um, this is the, if you're watching it, or if you're watching or listening on replay, that's the kind of vibe that you're getting. Um, today, I'm going to be talking about time management. Um, from the point of view, not, I've done, I've done a lot of stuff on time management. I help clients with time management. I do, I mean, time management is my jam. I'm a coach. And, uh, but before I go into all of that, I'm going to introduce myself a little bit and talk about why am I talking I'm here talking about time management? What what am I doing here? What's this group, etc.? Um, they have been a, uh, new people joining this group, and welcome, welcome to Physician Heal Yourself. I am Dr. Shala Ezokoli. I am an internist. I um, retired from medical practice, from clinical practice in 2016, and then from non-clinical practice in 2020, in order to be able to focus on doing what I do, which is this: I help busy physicians defeat and prevent burnouts and help them create options for themselves outside of traditional medicine so that you can live your optimum life now. There are a lot of physicians who are not living their optimum life and, you know, um, and I'm talking about physicians who were in, we're in our 40s, 50s, 60s and still not living that optimum life because of burnout, because of various reasons, because, of, because the medical landscape has changed from what it used to be when we were in medical school or from what we were taught. It's changed and being able to keep up with those changes has had um, some of us with our heads spinning. So please say hello if you're, you know, if you're here. Um, hi, Ruka. Thanks for coming. Hey. We're in for the time of our lives. Um, we, uh, we as physicians, we need to start to consider ourselves. So a lot of times as physicians, we consider everything but us. We consider our patients. We consider our families. We consider, you know, people we need to look after. And that's just the way we are. But at some point, we, hi, hi, Victoria, how are you? We, at some point, we do have to consider ourselves, who we are as people, as physicians. Because I always say this, you are not, be, you are not born as a doctor. You were born as a human with human needs, human wants, human desires, human dreams, human ambitions, in addition to now you're a doctor and you have all these responsibilities. So um, the other day I was talking about, um, I wanted to do a masterclass and I asked, I just put it out there, what people want a masterclass on and some two people said time management. So I'm like, hey, okay, I've done a lot of stuff on time management. Hi, Valanle, how are you doing? I've done a whole bunch of stuff on time management and, um, you know, in the past, but I just, I started to think that, okay, what would be most beneficial to the people in this group? What would be most, um, what would be most helpful in terms of time management? You know, a lot of times we've, we've seen time management books written by CEOs who have 50 secretaries, right? 
great for them, you know. Um, but I don't have 50 secretaries. Um, I don't know that I ever will have 50 secretaries. But, you know, what about uh, time management from a point of view of somebody who's actually living and breathing this life with, you know, kind of, we're all on the same journey. How do you as a busy physician with, with a job, with a family, with probably a business or two or three or four, and all these other things, um, manage your time and manage your time is time management sounds so unsexy like oh, okay time management whatever is she going to tell us but I would like you to um, have an open mind and start to think of time management the way you think of um, your your uh, hospital life okay so um, I'm so I'm going to be using a lot of medical um, analogies um, to talk about time management in this instance. Like I said, I've done other stuff on time management. If you go to shalezokoli.com, there's a whole PDF on time management, but this is different. This is not that. And on my podcast too, I talk about time man I talked about time management in the past, but this is different. So, um, so far I have been able to help scores of physicians be able to organize their lives, manage their time in order to be able to defeat burnout and create new options. So this is the same person who didn't have time. Now all of a sudden they have all this time to actually be able to do the things, the, the, their highest and best, their most meaningful work, the things they want to do. Hi Susan, how are you? Um, so let's jump right in. Um, time management from uh, how to make, I, that's why I titled it, how to make time work for you and not against you. So here we go. So um, number one, I'm going to talk about uh, triage. Okay, so that's the number one principle I'm going to talk about and how we can save us time. Now we're talking about triage. What is triage? There are emergency physicians. There's an emergency physician here watching. So um, we all know what triage is, right? So triage basically patient comes in, the patient come in, you decide which is the most emergent thing that you can save, right? It's not just the most emergent. Like for example, if somebody comes in with a severed head and a body, you don't rush for that. They're already dead. You're not going to rush to save that. But maybe somebody comes in with a, a, something that turns out to be a saddle embolism. Now you jump on that. If somebody comes in with a paper cut, whatever you do, the paper cut is going to be fine. So you're not going to jump on that. Apply the triage principles to your life. When it comes to saving time, the big overarching thing is to realize that there will always be things to do. There will always be things to do. There will always be problems to, to solve. Think of an emergency room. People are coming in at all hours of the day. They're coming in all hours of the day. But guess what? When you start your shift at, well, let's say you have a 12-hour shift, which usually ends up being 14 hours, whatever. At the end of your hours, you get to go home. And that's it. You're not going to stay in the emergency room all day long, right? The same way in life, it's not everything that's your problem to solve. It's not everything that's your problem to solve. So you get to triage. What is it that needs my attention that I can actually do something about? If it's equivalent to a severed head situation, there's nothing you can do about it. Leave it alone. Ignore. Move on. Not everything is our problem to solve. And we have to take those triage principles and apply them not only to emerge, not only as an emergency room physician or in that context of being an emergency room, but with everything else. I had a client, I, not, she, wasn't, she didn't end up being my client, but we would have these conversations and she would say that whenever she was in a room talking to a patient, nurses would come and knock on the door and pull her out for something. I'm like, that shouldn't be happening. 
Those are not important things. Nobody's dying to where, oh, you have to solve it. A nurse pulling you out of the room to sign papers, excuse me, is the, is the equivalent of somebody coming to an ER with a paper cut. It can wait. So from my first point, the, you have to ask this, yourself this question. Can it wait? Does it have to be done now? And is, there, is, is my contribution to this situation going to be meaningful? Is this equivalent of a severed head thing? If it's a severed head, then there's no, there's no running to that. It saves you time when you learn to look at the situations of your life as not everything has to be done by me and not everything has to be done now. So you're not living from urgency to urgency to urgency to urgency, but you're living, you know, uh, a life that's in, at least to some degree in your own control. Learn to apply the triage principles to your life. What is it in your life that you're doing that, you know, you don't have to do? What is it that you're trying to do that doesn't need to be done? Doesn't, you know, there are some things that you can stop doing. That's okay to stop doing. Like, yeah, you know what? This We're not going to do this anymore. Triage. Not everything that comes across your table has to be done now. When you start to think about that, you'll find that you all of a sudden you're freeing up time because you're not thinking about how do I do everything. Because remember this, you can't do everything. And I'm going to talk about not doing it all later on. So number two, my second point, number one, triage. My second point is access. Not everyone needs to have access to you. This may be a bitter pill to swallow, okay? But the truth is that the further you go along in life, the less access, your life, you, you can't have your life with equal access to every person. That's in it. That drains not only your time, but your energy. Think about the hospital. Doctors are not standing on the street corner, grabbing everyone off the street and just treating them. When you even come to the hospital, the first person you see is not the doctor. You, if you come to like an emergency room, you see a triage nurse. They will sort you out and whatever. Some things do not necessarily need a doctor to solve. Like for example, somebody bounces into the ER with something that's not even, maybe not even medical. Maybe, oh, let's say they're coming to make trouble. It's not medical. Uh, the security person in the ER turns them away or whatever, right? We've all had those situations. And I like to use ER, right, for some of these examples because ER is always like where the action is at. And sometimes our life can feel like a big old ER. If you're rushing from thing to thing to thing to thing without any breathing space, don't let your life be like an ER. At least not ER all the time. Access. So everybody... Not everyone that comes into the hospital has access to you immediately. Hi, Wanda, how are you? They go through layers. And in fact, if we take it, let's, let, let's translate to the outpatient setting, right? A patient comes in for, some, a patient will come in for a TB test. That patient doesn't see the doctor. A patient comes in for uh, an injection of some kind, like maybe it's a second visit or something. Like I used to have patients who would have, need B12 injections. They saw me once and then they kept coming in to see the nurse, to see other people to get their shots. Everybody doesn't get 
access to the doctor all the time. Look at your life. Everything, every situation, and everyone doesn't require access to you. That may also be a bitter pill to swallow. Like, well, I'm supposed to be there for them. Well, maybe, maybe not. Because the truth is that you can't be there for everybody, so you pick and you choose. Pick and choose who has access to you. Who has access to you? So, um, there's this exercise I do sometimes, where you have, you, you, so you start with a dot, right? So in that dot is you and, and God, if you believe in God, if you and God, um, a spiritual source center. So in that, that's in the middle, in the dot. Then you, you draw around the dot, you draw a circle. And that's your next level of access. People who have the most of your time, money, attention, well, money maybe, attention. So, you know, in my life, again, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your circles, but in my life, that next person is my husband. And then the next circle is my children. And the next circle is my clients. And the next circle is some of my friends. And then it goes round and round and round. And I've decided who gets the most access to me and who gets the least. And then it goes on and on until you get to the world at large where, you know, the people walking on the street don't have any access to you. You cannot give every, every single person in your life the same amount of access, time, energy, favor, etc. That's like having a horizontal list on which everyone is number one. Number one, this person. Number one, this person. Number one, this situation. Number one, my aunties, cousins, uncles, friends, fathers, business partner, also number one. When you limit the access to your life of people and situations, because there's, there's ways that we take on situations that is like, you know what? I don't need to give more time to this. And access to our life, access to your time is access to your life. Or access to your life is access to your time, whichever way you want to spin it. Think about your life and in ways... And think about the ways that you've allowed access in which you is probably not working for you or is a way that you would not have preferred. I used to hear of doctors who gave patients their cell phone numbers. I'm like, mm, okay, that's interesting. I didn't. And for some reason, my patients did just fine. And, you know, some, I also knew a doctor who allowed patients to page them any time of the day. So they would say things like, oh, this doctor called me at 10 p.m. Um, I remember actually once having this conversation with the patient. Oh, this doctor's so nice. Sometimes he calls us at 10. I laughed. I said, oh, wow, at 10, I would be asleep. That was me dropping a hint saying, look, I know you're seeing me today, but maybe you should go back to your old doctor since you prefer to be, you know, called at 10 p.m. or be able to have access to your doctor at 10 p.m. Not every person or, and every situation deserves equal access to your life. Because there's only one of you. You're a finite resource. A human being is a limited finite resource, like it or not. You have a limited time on earth. You have a limited amount of energy, you know, physical, emotional, or mental energy. 
and you have a limited amount of uh, 24 hours per day. So you get to decide what gets the most access and the most important access. Number two. Number three, boundaries. It's very important to be a boundary person. Now people, when you say a lot of times still, especially among people, doctors, among people of faith, spiritual people, you hear words boundaries and it sounds like you're being closed off and calculating. But do you know the truth is that some of the most compassionate people are some of the most bound, are some of the most boundary people, believe it or not. You, 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 because you get to pick and choose without feeling that you have to do for everyone, then you can really direct your energy and your time appropriately. Boundaries are important. And it kind of piggybacks on the access thing. Boundaries are nothing more than making a decision about what you will or will not do. Sorry, I'm opening the live. Aha, here we go. So that I can see see i can see what i'm doing <laughs> boundaries are just deciding i will do this i will not do this in your life how many things have you said yes to that you didn't really want to say yes to you didn't have time to you didn't have the bandwidth you didn't have the energy it's okay to say no i promise you if you say no to someone they're not going to fall down dead at your feet um for because of the fact that you said no no to them it, it just, that just, just doesn't happen. Unless it's an emergency of some kind of health emergency, like resuscitate me. No. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm talking about just, I'm talking about non-emergent things. Right? Oh, can you, can you do this? And there are some people in our lives who make things an emergency. I just put a link in the chat if you want to book a call with me it's a free strategy call you get some clarity and then you can decide if if after we talk you decide you want more then i can tell you about my um my paid coaching program program programs i have more than one so um where was i talking about boundaries talking about boundaries and learning not to say yes to everything and learning that not every request that you meet that somebody brings to you should be met with a yes. Think about your own life. You've heard no before and you didn't die, you know, and you probably didn't hate the person for telling you no, or maybe you did, but they still told you no anyway and they got on with their lives. In the same way, if you tell people no, you will get on, you, life will move on. They will be fine, you will be fine. Let me tell you something. When I started saying no, Oh my goodness. I was like, oh, so I have time to do this. So I have time to do that. There was, there was this group slash organization slash people slash friends. I don't know what you want to call them that around them specifically. I had very poor boundaries. So I, I was fairly boundaried in, and that's a funny thing. You can be boundaried in some areas and then in other areas, it's like, woo! it's like, yes, 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 yes. And I realized that in that area, I was doing a lot of people pleasing. So, you know, people might say, huh, well, you know, um, uh, well, I just want to make everybody happy. Let me tell you a lesson from my life. When it comes to people pleasing, with certain people who feel entitled to your time, 
There is not enough. You won't ever be able to do enough because they will keep on taking and taking and taking and taking and taking until they've taken 24 hours. And when you try to claw back one hour, they get mad. I'm telling you this from experience. Sorry, I want to tag somebody who, one of the ladies that actually asked me to do this masterclass. So I'm tagging her and you will see the, or rather them. So just to make sure that they can join in and or find the, 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 the replay. Um, having boundaries is so important. You see, because it frees up your time. When you say no to the quote-unquote low-level request, then you can focus on your high-level request. Then you can focus on your best work. Then you can focus on what you are put on earth to do. Because if you're piddling around here in survival mode, you never get to that best thing. If you feel that because, and then some people have this sort of guilt that because A then B, but those are fallacies. For example, because I'm retired, then I should help all my kids with their kids. Actually, no, it doesn't follow. Or um, because I'm a doctor, I have, to, uh, aha, I have to participate in community health fairs. Actually, no. And that was another thing that I didn't like to have to do community health fairs. I'm like, I do doctoring at work. You know, I don't want to talk to community about diabetes. I want to talk to them about setting goals and changing their lives, right? Because that's always been my jam. Because I'm a doctor, I have to help in the community health fair. Eh! There's no have to. If you want to, fine. But if it's bringing resentment and taking away time from things you want to, you really want to do, setting boundaries. Some people don't, I, I was jokingly saying, I was joking about this um, to somebody that I'm going to lose business from this, but some people don't need a life coach right now. What they need to do is to say no. And by the time you start saying no, 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 and setting boundaries, you're like, oh, wow, I have time to do all this stuff. I have time to write a book. I have time to plant a garden. I have time to start a business. I have time to go to that conference. I have time, I have time, I have time to sleep in. Because I didn't, I didn't say yes to everything. Sometimes we engage in these fallacies and it's really funny. We think that we can say yes to everyone and everything. I still, you know, well, at the end of the day, I still just rush it. You know, because your time is your life and time is going. The time that you, maybe you, maybe you didn't want to do the bake sale this year, but you said yes because, you know, it's like, well, these are, for whatever reasons, but you didn't want to do it. You didn't have time to do it. Now it's like, well, I'm up all night baking cookies to take to the sale or whatever. Now whose fault is that? You said yes. And when you say yes to the things you don't want to say yes to, it breeds resentment and you take out your resentment on the people who are asking you. But you didn't say no in the first place, so they thought it was fine to ask. And people always follow the path of least resistance. If you keep on saying yes, 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 they will keep on coming to you. Of course, they're not going to go to the person who keeps saying no. They're going to be like, yeah, oh, she said yes, let's go. But here's the funny thing. When you start to say no and to take back your power, do you know what happens? They come after when people start to make requests of you, they sit and think. There's a 50-50 chance that this person would tell me no. So let me, let me make sure I've exhausted my, my options before I go to this person. Yes, good. That is the way it should be. Boundaries means 
deciding what you will and won't do. What you will do, what you'll say yes to, what you won't do, what you'll say no to. There's this, uh, I think it was a book by Shonda Rhimes called The Year of Yes. I, at the beginning of this year, I said, some of y'all don't need a life coach. You just need to make 2021 your year of no. Say no. I promise you, people won't die. Now, there are benefits and there are consequences to telling, to start, especially if you said, you, someone who said yes to everything, you may have to at first swing to the other extreme and say no to everything just to get practice. And then what happens? People stop liking you. But guess what? Here's the scam. They never liked you to begin with. If all they wanted was your yes, that means they didn't like you. They just liked your compliance. Ha! They were never your friends to begin with. Saying yes to people doesn't make them love you more. It makes them use you more. Ha! It's a scam. Okay? Saying yes to people doesn't make them love you more. Nope, it doesn't. It makes them use you more. And anyone that doesn't like your no, didn't like you to begin with. So, if they're just in your life to use you, why should they be in your life? As we say back home, Eplod. <laughs> if, if someone is just in your life to be a user, I mean, I don't know how else to say this, but they don't belong there. Because relationships are mutual. That's why it's called give and take. In, one, in a relationship where one person is the giver and the other person is the taker, that's by definition a toxic relationship and it needs to be broken up. Don't be the only friend in a friendship. I got that one from Manny. Don't be the only friend in a friendship. Remember, if the only reason they're your friend is because you say yes all the time, they're not your real friend. And the sooner you find that out, the better for you. Because what happens? You save time. Because when the takers leave your life, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm... Somebody reached out to me, oh, my sister needs coaching. I was like, have her call me. Why are you looking for a coach for your very able adult sister? I said, have her call me. Have they haven't called me till this day. Nah. Have boundaries. Say no. If maybe you maybe this has been your year of yes, reevaluate. From now on, you can make it your year of no from now on. You know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And I'm telling you, you will find time so freed up, like, oh my goodness, I'm actually sitting down and watching Netflix. The other day, somebody was saying, uh, how do you get, how, you know, how are you, know, how are you getting an hour for yourself every day? I'm like, an hour? No, I, I, don't, I don't even think it was every day. I think it was like, how would you get an hour for yourself this week? I'm like, nah, my life is my own. I live out of my own priorities. Everything else is secondary. And that brings me to the next thing. Number four, don't do it all. I know this sounds very simplistic and... Um, uh, what do you call it? Obvious. Don't do it all. You can't do it all. Now look at the hospital, right? When you go to a hospital, um, you have the doctor, you have the nurses, you have the nurse practitioners, you have pers uh, a physician assistants, you have transporters, you have janitors, you have people who bring the food, you have uh, 
IT people. If in, as you have pharmacists, ooh, let me not forget pharmacists. Um, I don't know, I have, this, I have this weird relationship with pharmacists. My, one of my best friends is a pharmacist. One of my former, pa my former pastor was a pharmacist. Um, I have a bunch of pharmacist clients. Um, I don't know. One of my coaches was a pharmacist. <laughs> I don't know the pharmacist. They've got me. Don't forget the pharmacist. Now, in the, if in the hospital, the doctor doesn't do everything because, guess what? Imagine if you, the doctor, had to go to the front desk, be security, check in the patient yourself, bring the patient back, do the vitals, set the lines. That means you only see maybe one patient in like 24 hours. And then you would do, you know, take the patient up to their room and do everything, right? In life, it's the same thing. You cannot do it all. But here we are. We're living out here, outside of the hospital. Now we're trying to do everything. You want to be the one that will wake up in the morning, get your children dressed. They say you have children. Uh, clean your house. Do all the cooking. Do all the cleaning. If you have children, pick them up from wherever. Take them to wherever. Um, you know, uh, what other things do we do? Um, you do all the grocery shopping. Uh, visit your mom. Visit your dad. Only you. Like I was telling, I told my daughter yesterday, pick something. Knowing that you can't do it all, and knowing that you have a choice in what you, you decide what are the things that you want to do in your own life. It's your life. We were all little kids, and we're like, when we grow up, we're going to do what we want. When we grow up, we're going to do what we want. When we grow up, we're going to do what you want. Do what you want then. She said, rest. We must also rest. Thank you. Don't forget that. So if you are in the hospital and you can't do everything, look at your life. Take a step back and look at your life with a CEO perspective, with a hospital doctor perspective. Who's going to be your janitor? Who's going to be your transporter? Who's going to be your nurse? Who's going to be your pharmacist? Look at your life and start to build those things into your life because you can't do it all. And this is where there's a kind of an interesting dynamic, which I find, uh, which again, if you're a guy that's watching this, please correct me if I'm wrong. Hi, Dr. Lulu. <laughs> hi, Manisha. I haven't said hi to people. Hi, Bolanle. Hi, Dr. Lulu. Hi, Manisha. How are you? You, you, uh, which I find a little bit of a change in dynamic with men and women. I find that a lot of times men, when something has to be done, they think, how does this get done? Again, I'm generalizing, so please don't come after me. Don't, don't, um, please, <laughs> don't come after me. Um, how does this get done? But when women are presented with something, it's how do I do it? Maybe we should borrow a leaf from the how do I, how does it get done, people? Because you can't do everything. Be everywhere or please everyone. When you make up your mind that, you know what? There's only me. You just finally hired your VA. Thank the Lord. Oh my God, just. Girl, I'm coming over there to smack your butt. You should have been there. hired that person ages ago. But you didn't. <laughs> no judgment. I mean, you, know, you know how we play. You know how we play. No judgment. 
Thank you, Manisha. Outsource. We've, we're starting to look at outsourcing. It's like we sometimes look at outsourcing as if it's some kind of crime against humanity. How does it get done versus how do I do it? It's not about how do I do it. How does it get done? Let's sit and figure this out. If a, if a machine breaks down on Amazon's shop floor, Jeff Bezos isn't going to leave his high and mighty place and come down and fix it. That's not how this works. You are the CEO of your own life. Hire, fire, promote, demote according to your wishes. And I love this. Manisha says, I can, but do I want to? Ho! Not everything you can do, should you do. Not because you can. Well, I can do that. I'll just do it myself. What is the cost of you doing it yourself? Like, okay, me, I can clean my house. I can. I'm able to. My mother brought me up, taught me how to clean. But eh, should I? Should I? It takes the, and I may have shared this before. I don't do um, my own house cleaning. And I'm pasting my, um, a link if you want a free call, a free 30 minute call, give you clarity and ask you if you want to sign up for my program. If you want to, great. If you don't, also great. Um, do, do I, you're coming to hug me. You better. I'm going to hold you to that. You better. I love hugs. Are you kidding? I live for them. <laughs> if you, you can't do it all. And if you can, should you? Is that the best? You think higher stand, but is that the best use of your time? One of the things, when I was in residency, um, as an intern, we used to do a lot of scut work. And we railed against it. We're like, I used to say, is this the best use of a doctor? To, to push patients, to be pushing patients around for investigations. Thankfully, um, they no longer do scut work in my residency program. Thanks to the amazing, I mean, I'll mention her name, but she's amazing. Um, my former program director, she's amazing and can do no wrong in my eyes. Anyway, this, uh, we used to do scut work. And I used to say this all the time. Is this the best, is this the best use of a doctor? And I was kind of shocked because I was like, this is America. You know, you know the, the immigrant mentality, like, oh, when you come to America, America is heaven. Yeah, okay. Uh, and I come, also come from England where I didn't really do scut work. Um, so, but, you know, it's like, this is not the best use of a doctor to push patients around. Look at your life. As the CEO of your own life, what is, is the best use of you to spend nine hours cleaning your house? Yeah, I calculated it. It takes, it takes two people... This house, it takes two people about four hours to clean. Clean from top to bottom, everything. It would probably take me eight hours. Imagine that. My, my current hourly rate is $500 an hour. I pay people about 100 to clean. Isn't it better for me to work for a hustle and work for my $500 hour and then pay even bunches of people to come and clean where I concentrate on my best and my highest work, which is hiring, which is helping clients, which is helping doctors defeat and prevent burnout and create options for themselves outside and inside of traditional medicine. That is my highest work. And right now, like yesterday, some people came to clean my house. 
if I was, if that hadn't happened, that means I'd be spending today, Saturday, just cleaning my house and not be able to do this, which is more meaningful to me, more meaningful to everyone who's watching and who will watch it. Focus on not doing everything just because you can. Oh, I could just do this. I could just do this. I had this conversation with somebody who was talking about, well, uh, you know, I'd rather just buy a purse than spend money cleaning. I said, let me tell you something. How many purses will you, can you wear at once? And she was like, ooh. I said, no, how many? Even if you buy many purses, are you going to carry them all at once? No. But think about it. You have that same 150 or whatever money you can get somebody, come clean your house, you're relaxed. You can now think of the thing that will make you even more money. Because I'm all about the multiple streams of income. And you need time to be able to think of those multiple streams. Hello. So don't have a mind that you're going to do it all. Again, when you start to think like that, you start to, you, you, you start to, your, your life becomes more expansive. And you start to think, okay, I don't have to do it all. There are some things that even without outsourcing, there's a stick that wallet in your brand, go move. Yes, girl. <laughs> even, not even outsourcing, some things you don't even have to do at all. Think about the things in your life that you don't, you can just stop doing. There are some things that you maybe you just done them out of habit and you can stop doing them. There was a lady I once met who had heart failure and she was planning to cook a whole Thanksgiving meal. And I was like, you can't do this. You have heart failure. Um, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Stand for how many? I said, how long does it take you to cook a meal? She said, three, four hours. I said, you can't do this. You have a bad heart. She's like, well, but I've always done it. I said, are your children grown? Good. She's, I said, have everybody bring a dish. Tell them mama ain't cooking this year. And it's okay. I said, make it all right. Some things, there are some things that you just have to stop doing. Delete, delay, delegate. Okay, there you go. Give yourself permission. I am loving this conversation. Yes, delete, delay, delegate. Oh, I'm going to steal that one from you, Manisha. <laughs> you don't have to do everything. Some things can wait. We talked about triage earlier on. And some things need to be handed off to other people. Make it okay. The same way in, in the hospital, you don't sit down and calculate how many milligrams per kg medicine needs to do that one. The pharmacist does it. You don't sit and you don't take the patient to their investigation. You don't do the MRI yourself. That's what makes me annoyed about these medical shows. They show the doctor doing everything. The doctor is going to take the patient's MRI and doing the MRI and reading the MRI. It's like, yeah, okay, thank you. Of course you do. No, you don't. So, um, give yourself permission. Exactly. Nobody is coming to give you permission. Let's stop having this mother may I attitude. Because like I said before, when we said to ourselves when we we're little, I want to be a grown up so I can do what I want. Well, you're a grown up now. Do whatever you want. Stop waiting for people to give you permission to live the life you want to live. And that's why my program is called Your Optimum Life Now. Now! Because none of us are spring chickens. I don't care how old you are. This is not meant to be offensive. If you're over 25, you win a spring chicken. You love Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, you just love it for the love stories, honey. I know. <laughs> Look, girl, the up, 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 I watched one episode of Grey's Anatomy where they all got syphilis from each other, and that was it. That was the end. I didn't watch it again. I'm like, yeah, this is not, this is not, no, this is not real. I, you know, 
I was my thought then was like, oh, I wish we had that much sex, you know, whatever. So <laughs> that was that was my thought then. I think I think I was an intern, a very bitter one too. <laughs> anyway, um, the last but not the least ties into the next one. So the I talked about so I've talked about triage, looking at your life from triage principles, access, not allowing everybody access to your life boundaries saying no not doing it all you don't have to do everything you 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 know even if you got up one day and solved all the world world's problems the next day there'll be more problems to solve you can't do everything and then the, this ties into the last one which is using money to save time use money to save time what is the point of having a million dollars in your 401k and you are still scrubbing bathroom floors. I don't know how other way to put it. Because some people that are watching this have million in your 401k. And you're probably scrubbing bathroom floors. It doesn't make, I'm sorry, but it doesn't make sense to me. Maybe not have a million. Maybe a little less than a million. But pay somebody $100 a week to come and scrub your bathroom floors. There was a time somebody put something up in a group about how much laundry are you doing every week? So, uh, it was a doctor's group too. Oh, about talking about loads of laundry they're doing every week. I was horrified at the responses. Oh, I do this loads. I do. I was like, wait a minute. So you guys aren't outsourcing your laundry? Oh, okay. I'm the only one. And I'm not the richest doctor on the planet. I make what? Probably, look, in Chicago. Chicago is high cost of living, low wages. So even if I was working, you know, I, I, let me just say I wasn't one of the higher paid ones, even when I was employed. But if you have some big money in a pot somewhere, look, your money is not just meant for you to save and sit on it like a dragon, hoarding their loot. Absolutely, you can do that. But if, if, one per if 0.1 percent of that money can make your life better today why not do that and then have a longer you can have a longer working life you can by the time you build all these structures in place anyway back to what i was saying about outsourcing laundry these people are talking about how they do all these seven loads of laundry in a weekend blah 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 i'm like oh hell no i outsource my laundry i say i go online and i type in blah 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 and i Put in Chicago, it's Wash Club Chicago. Type it in. I on the day they're coming, I put set an alarm, put the laundry outside my house. They come, they pick it. I started with the, the pandemic, they don't even knock on your door anymore. They just come, I just come out and I find the laundry is gone. I check online, they've picked it up. The next day they bring my bell, they hand me my laundry and my dry cleaning, and I'm done. Wash and fold service. If I average, and I don't give it to them like every week or anything, but I'm telling you, if I average out how much I spend, it's not more than $50 a month. Because if I like, if I put it over the whole year, it's not more than that. Sometimes less. Because I don't have dry cleaning all the time. I mean, it's a pandemic. How, many, how much dry cleaning? Think about using money to save time. As a doctor, using time to save money might not be the wisest investment of your life. Now, sometimes you have to do what you have to do, right? But, you know, use, think of how you can use money to save time. 
I, in my opinion, it's better for you to take up maybe one extra locum shift a month to pay for some household things, you know, a cleaner, a gardener, or whatever, whatever, than to try to do all those things yourself and not be able to do your, your best and your highest. Use money to save Use, yes, use money to save time. So now, the time I'm doing laundry, I used to do this where I would sit and fold laundry while watching TV. But now, guess what? I don't even want to fold laundry while I'm watching TV. I don't want to. If I want to watch TV, I want to watch TV. And sit there and scream or do whatever and be absorbed in it. So I don't even want to fold laundry. So I've outsourced my laundry. It comes back to me folded. I've saved a lot of time. I've saved myself seven loads or how many ever loads of laundry. And I'm enjoying myself. For not a lot of these things that we think, because I think some of us are, 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 are um, sort of programmed to think that these are rich people things. Having a, having a housekeeper, having somebody do your laundry and all of that, having what they call a mother's helper. Some people come, come for three hours in the day, help you out with tasks. Some of these things, you have to look for them, but they may not be as expensive as you think. But if you think to yourself, well, I can't afford a housekeeper, and you just close your mind off, who knows what's out there? It doesn't have to be something with us or nothing. It doesn't have, help is help. Whether it comes with a fancy website or not, if you find a guy, find good help, like there's somebody who helps me look after my kids, my mom kind of manage the house. I didn't find her for no website. Is that outsourcing uh, Malaika... Uh, Hi, it's a good point. <laughs> Thanks. Outsourcing, it actually removes the de desire to watch TV. Yeah, there you go. Because you don't feel like, oh, I need the TV to just veg out. It's like, no, now I have energy and time. And time. Remember, we're talking about saving time. But all these things can save your mental energy as well. Save yourself. <laughs> save yourself. Use money to save time. Hire those cleaners. Outsource that laundry. There's, a, there's something I call, there's a rush hour a lot of women get into. Like, you go from, home, from work to home, and you, you, like, you're picking up dinner. You're, um, you have to get home, picking up dinner. So I pick up the kids. You have to get home, make dinner, and kind of prepare people for bed. That's like the hours of 5 to 9 p.m. What if you had somebody come to your house every day during that time? And you pay them to help you, to assist you. Okay, you know what? Once I get the kids in, you start cook, you cook for them or whatever. However you want to do it. You think of the you think of how your own life will work. And as the CEO of your own life, you go ahead and you do that. Don't fall into the trap of the things that are shown you. Or maybe you've never seen something before. I remember when somebody was talking about that rush hour. And I said, well, have you thought of hiring someone to come every day to your house for four hours? I mean, people were like, oh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. It was in a Facebook group. That was a good idea. I'm like, yeah, it's like, you know, going from one job where you have all the help in the world, right? You're a doctor, right? You have the pharmacist, remember? And coming to another job where you maybe you have no help. It's a jarring difference. Why don't you have help there too? You're worth it. Your money is meant to make you happy on earth now. The legacy you are leaving for your children, who knows? They may come out and just misspend it in one day. Maybe, maybe. You don't, look, you don't know what's going to happen after you die. And I'm not, I'm not the YOLO person. You only live once. Just do what you like. No. But how can you use your own money 
that you earn to make your life easier. This, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Your own money that you earn. Your own money that you earn. Again, if you need clarity around some of these things, maybe I'm speaking too cookie cutter and it's not getting to you, but you need to talk some things out, book a call with me. Let me see what's coming on. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I just want to read your comment, Victor. I outsource making dinner. Pick up three nights of prepared meals from a chef once a week. Smartest thing I've, I've done. Now I can come home and just enjoy dinner with my family. Exactly. You just get food cooked. There's nothing wrong with that. It's your freaking money. If you want to spend it on food, you spend it on food. It's your money. You earned it. You didn't even steal it. You <laughs> say so you didn't even steal it. <laughs> that came out sounding weird. Yes, you didn't steal it. You earned it. It's your money. Use it to make you happy. That's why my program is called Your Optimum Life Now. Now. Not in the sweet by and by. Not when you retire. Now. Outsource making dinner. Yes, I've outsourced my meals for years. I have someone who, because Nigerian um, soups and stews, they're a long process to make. So the person that looks after my kids, I, she just does that. She does all that. So that our, our stews that take like these four hours, you have to boil meat, fry meat, grind tomatoes, chop vegetables, all that, all that, all that. I have someone that does all that for me. I just come out and eat. Hello. And I don't feel guilty about doing it. Because why? It's my life. It's your life. And that's not to say I don't like cooking. I will cook. Like, you know, like I want to make something special for my husband or whatever. Okay, so I'm going to go a lot. I'm going to cook. I'm going to make this particular meal. But believe you me, I don't. Cooking is not one of the chores that I do every day. And if you don't have to, you don't have to. Don't think as though I have to do it. Because, because what? Who says so? Use your money to save your time. So I'm going to go back over. Ooh, boy. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Manisha, thank you for joining. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm going to read what you said. And doing this doesn't make you less Indian or less Nigerian or less of your culture. It brings more to you than others. Thank you. There are a lot of us in this group who are immigrants. I'm, I am Nigerian. I'm Nigerian, Guyanese, born, British, born transplant, third culture kid, whatever. A lot of us have these cultural ties to certain, some of these things we do. But remember this, if you think back, if you really sit down and think back to back home, a lot of our mothers had help. There was a time my mother had two maids. In our countries, because labor is cheap, we tend to just, uh, you know, oh, this person does that, that. Always somebody to be able to send on an errand and stuff like that. If you're an immigrant and you've bought into this, I have to do it all myself mentality, then please go back to your roots where, you know, we had, if you were a middle class, you had a driver, a cook, a nanny, and a maid at minimum. <laughs> and that's because, again, labor is not as expensive as it is here. But the thing is that even here in the U.S., there are ways to do it. So that, like, for example, I don't have a washerman, but I can outsource my laundry. So we'll do that. I don't have a cook, 
But I have this deal with my, the lady who looks after my kids for her to cook meals because now my kids are older, they can do certain things. Okay, how, how about you do this? How about you do that? And then, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some, I'll give you some little extra hundred or two to do this for me and do that. And, you know, and, you know, just uh, making sure that you have a situation that works. That you, and then you don't have to follow the channels. Like the lady who does most of my cooking, she's on paper, she's my nanny. She's the, my nanny for my kids, but you know, she she's more of a house manager to me. I I would I would put her in that category of being a house manager, and she and she does a wonderful job. And then when you find people who can do that wonderful job, just keep them. You know, like the people who clean my house, they do all these extra bits as well. They'll wash the bed sheets and stuff. So they'll come and like, where where are the bed sheets? They'll ask me. I like I don't know. They were last week when you came, where you put them is where they are. <laughs> but, and these people have raised their rates over the years, but because they're good and it's not like crazy, they're not like scalping me or anything. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll keep them on because that it's just worth it to me. It's worth it to my peace of mind. So triage, access boundaries, not doing it all and using money to save time. Um, thank you so much. Wow. It's been almost an hour. I can't believe it. I've had such a nice time doing this masterclass. So I plan to do more of these. So I would love, love, love for you to join me Add other post-residency docs to this group. If you do have a need to talk to me, that is my calendar link, you know, not a website. Yeah. If you, if you Google me, you'll find all my websites, Shaleza Koli, you'll find all my websites and all the stuff that talks about me. But that link I've pasted in is a calendar link where you can get on my calendar. It's a 30 minute free strategy call. And if after that you decide you want to work with me more then you absolutely can. And you know, People ask me when, when I say, I say I help busy physicians defeat and prevent burnout and create options outside of medicine. But honestly, I do much more than that. I have a client who's a radiologist. I have a client who's a venture capitalist, all doctors, by the way, I have clients who are coaches who are building their own programs, curriculums, and I'm helping them do all that. So really it's about getting on the phone. If you have a need, I can tell you if I can help you with it. If I can, great. If I can't also great. So, um, I would love to hear from you. And if you have, any other suggestions of how to make this group uh you know better for all of us please send them to me put them in the group and all of that so thank you so much for joining i would love to i would love to hear from you have a wonderful wonderful rest of the weekend and please 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 one let me let me leave you with this ask yourself this question what is one thing i can do tomorrow that will help me save even that will help me make time work for me. Ask yourself that question and write it down. Now, when you write it down, look at that answer and make a plan to make it happen. For some of you, it's, you know what? I'm going to get a cleaner to come in twice a month. For some of you, it's, you know what? When these drama people call me, I'm not going to pick up the phone because I don't want them to have access. <gasps> Lulu thinks I'm awesome. Dr. Lulu in the house, my fellow coach. Uh, she's a coach extraordinaire. I know she does it all, but her niche is parents of LGBTQ kids. But she does it all. She, she really does. She's like me. <laughs> she does it all. She coaches authors. She coaches doctors. She coaches entrepreneurs. I've seen, I've seen her. Yes, she writes books. 
I've seen your clients out in these streets. I, I see them, you know, and I'm always, you know, whenever your posts come up, I always click that link, you know, the support and all of that. Um, thank you for watching, Malaika. Please add other doctors to this group, post-residency physicians, you know, not, no NPs or PAs. It's specifically for physicians because we have a very high burnout rate. Oh, you stopped. You said you stopped. Okay, so you're focusing on that niche right now. Hey, great, 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 great. Um, so, you know, either way, right? Either way. Um, we, like you said in one of your posts, we move. <laughs> you're focusing on parents right now that's great i mean you've that's always i mean i even before you you know went deeper into coaching and you know i've always said that i've always been like hey we know we know you we know you for for who you are please keep doing what you do these are conversations that are necessary to have with parents so now um please like i said um book a call with me i'm putting that link in, in there once again um if you're watching this on replay, please type in hashtag replay for those watching on replay. Uh, if you find value in this group, there are other videos just like this in this group that you can watch. Click on hashtag replay, you know, just find the videos, ask questions, click on replay, book a call with me. I would love to hear more from you. I would love to work with you. So have a wonderful, wonderful day. I, I can say and finally and finally for another 20 minutes. So. <laughs> Have a wonderful, wonderful day, and I will see you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. No, this is huge. She said, went from momatrician to parentrician. <laughs> I love that parentrician. You are the first person to give me permission to call myself a coach. Oh, my God. I didn't even know that. Yeah, you're absolutely a coach. You were a coach when I met you. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You were a coach from the day I met you, and then we did the speaking. I was like, oh, my God. I love her. She's so amazing. Yes, no, please. Yes, you are you are a coach through and through. You've always been, and I've always seen that about you, you know, and I'm glad you're doing it. And you know, um, congrats on your TV appearance, by the way. You're you're amazing, you know, and you're reaching out to people who um don't have a voice, also don't know how to handle their there's a lot that comes in to what you do, and I appreciate it. Some some things that you know people don't know how to handle they reach a, a certain stage and there's just, they hit that and you're right there to catch them. So please, I appreciate what you do. Say so you didn't call yourself a coach. Well, I'm calling you. We, co we called you a coach from long time ago. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that we're, we're all in this space together. So have a wonderful, wonderful day. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm really glad that you came. Um, and I will talk to you very soon. Bye.